Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Volition Liberty Podcast. My name is KJ. I'm your host. As always, uh, to date, there's been a little bit of a hiatus because uh, I got I got my own springtime shit going on trying to get the farm ready and toddler and building stuff and getting things ready to plant and everything else. Um, April 5th right now, so I got uh, some stuff in the ground that's going to be a little bit cold hardy and everything else kind of in a waiting pattern on just to let that last frost settle and hope for the best. Um, I got a lot of questions over the last couple of weeks about spring planting and water and outbuildings and all of the common things to me that would be kind of backhand knowledge, but people just getting into it, just starting to be self-sufficient and trying to figure out what is the best avenue to try and approach it from as well as, you know, how much money they think they're going to spend and what do we need for supplies and what's the best things to plant, which is a, that's a wild one right there. It kind of depends on where you're at, but also the utility of it. You know, what do you, what do you want to do with the garden that you planted? Where, where do you see it going? Is it strictly going to feed you? Is it going to be a community style garden? Uh, you're going to sign up for a CSA program, which, I mean, if you have the space to do it and, you know, you have the, the energy and the ability, um, I, I greatly recommend uh, doing CSA style programs because it, it allows you to not only share your bounty with your neighbors and with your community, which that's what you should be doing anyway. Um, but you also get some extra cash out of it and it, the, the big part of it is that it allows people who would otherwise not be interested in something like that or not understand how farms work and local produce works and growing and all that thing, they get to be semi-involved, you know, they, they buy into the program and they say, okay, well, every, you know, week, two weeks, whatever it may be. I get to go meet a local farmer, you know, and for a normie type person, that's, that's huge. They, uh, they get that sense of ownership and of belonging that, you know, Hey, this is right down the road and this is local. And this is what I do, which is great because it, it turns more people on to the possibility of being reliant on your own community to where, you know, you'd take politics and bullshit and, every other flag you can imagine out of it. And it's just, no, I, that's a human being that lives down the road from me. He grows food. I trade with him, whether it be monetary currency or not for the food he grows for something that he wants in return. It's really that simple. There, there's so many nuances and extremities and everything else to get thrown into the mix that it creates this polarizing effect, right? And everybody's feeling that right now that the world is so polarized and upside down and clown world that it's really hard to create a baseline relationship with people that is going to be beneficial for both parties, right? Mutually beneficial. Um, and it, and it adds that sort of trepidation to everybody's daily interactions. I, I, I talk about this with people all the time. It's that the world may be just fucked up, right? But like, if you just go outside, you know, touch some grass, 
you still belong in some form of community, no matter where you're at. I mean, unless somehow you're listening to this and you're in a Ted K cabin, which good for you. Um, but, but, but you belong in some sort of web of basic human interaction. And that can look different everywhere, but the real root of it is everyone relies on each other for something. Whether you're conversing about it or not, it doesn't matter. Someone is doing something that's going to enable trade and is going to enable another person's family to succeed. So just getting out there, meeting people, engaging with your community, putting that sort of energy and effort in, you will reap way higher rewards than you could possibly imagine. So just just wanted to get that out there as far as the opening notes of the show. I did get a couple questions, though. Uh, I got a question. When are you building your own structures? What is your opinion on a loft style structure versus a A-frame design? Now, this comes in especially in springtime because you can do chickens with both of these options, right? You can build a loft style coop or, I mean, half a barn or however it looks, and it's going to serve you in different utility. Uh, with the loft style system, uh, you've got your chickens roosting, you know, a couple feet above the ground, and you got your laying boxes wherever and however they look inside of that system. And with the loft, you also are using that building to be able to store feed, hay, you know, tools and equipment, implements, things like that, while the chickens are also using that space to strive and survive. Wow. Thrive and survive. There we go. That's how that goes. Um, and with an A-frame design, you can also put chickens in it. And that is what is known as a chicken tractor, right? You build a triangle shaped design. You guys can go look this up. There's a million different versions of it. Um, and that allows you to rotate your meat chickens throughout your pasture grass uh, so that we're not, they're not ruining one spot. And also they get fresh grass every day just by you moving their house just by hand. Um, the, there's a, there's a couple downfalls. Um, if you're trying to use a loft building for anything outside of animals versus an A-frame for the same effect, um, a, a loft serves that dual function that if you're building a cabin style place and you also want to be able to have storage, your loft system is going to be the best one hands down because it gives you the function of storage as well as living quarters at the same time. Say you're buying some land and it's completely wooded or barren or however, but there's nothing on it and you have to make it something. A loft system is going to be your best bet. A-frames in general, whether you have outstanding land already uh, and you're, you're building something outside, they have limited use outside of heavy snowfall areas but like with very few exceptions um they they serve wonderful living quarters because of the way they space out heat and that sort of thing you can build a loft system into it uh but they're the the loft has a lot of other usabilities in other venues so that try to answer that question really quick uh also got questions about water that uh Man, that's a that's a super tough one to 
to tackle because it everyone's water situations all over this nation, you know, in, in America, it's, it's so different and, and it's so different based on a lot of really, really stupid bureaucratic things. And like when people hear me talk about like anything government related, I don't know. Nope. Hard pass. Full stop. No, because it, even down to just getting water, like in my county that I'm in right now, uh, the water system is owned by the feds. So that's an immediate red flag. That fucking sucks. Not only is it owned by the feds, but then it's metered. You have to buy your shares of water that you think you're going to use throughout the year. Nobody fucking knows how much water they're going to use. I mean, if I got 400 acres that I'm flopping into corn this year, I may think I'm going to use, you know, 700,000 gallons, just throwing out a number. But what if I need a million? What if that million isn't available? Like all of this stuff, all of this legalese, paperwork, everything else for fucking water. And it drives me absolutely insane. And it's because all this geoengineering bullshit that we've done for the last, let's call it like a solid 70 years to where we are damming up our water and then letting it out in little spurts to who we think needs it. And I use we very cynically. It's it's a system that you have to buy into. And if you're not part of the good boys club, you're not going to win. Right. So no matter what you do, if you're asking that question, what can I do for water? All that stuff, find your own water source. I mean, buy land with it, find a running anything that is a year round system to where you don't have to put up with any of this bullshit. Cause it, uh, I'm telling you it, 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 every spring, I get into the same mindset that I'm just burdened by, okay, how much water am I going to use? Where's it going to go? How high is the flow going to be? Is it going to be enough? It, it just drives me insane. Now I could fix it by moving to an area that has a year round running Creek or river system or what have you. And then that also comes with its own set of problems that uh, majority of the time, you're somewhere that uh, isn't necessarily thriving, right? Somewhere that commerce doesn't exist. And unfortunately, I still rely on a little bit of commerce. So I need that nearby. And that's just me. That's just my my daily life. Um, yeah, wa- water's rough. If you can find a way to store it, find a way to collect it, do that. And obviously, yes, most principalities and locales and things like that don't allow you to store water from your own roof, which is retarded. And you can go ahead and just do that. I mean, if you're not challenging authority, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast anyway, but like collect your own water. Just do that. Uh, You can collect from asphalt roof systems. You do not need to get a metal style roof that, you know, isn't going to take your water and bacteria and blah, blah, blah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Get some tanks off of Craigslist. They're 70 bucks. They're called IBC totes, international beverage, I think corporation, whatever it is. Um, sometimes you can score them for free. Uh, just get the ones that, uh, have, uh, potable things in them, you know, so soda syrup and, you know, corn syrups and things like that. 
a little bit of baking soda and some water, spray it out, leave it in the sunlight. It's clean. Uh, don't get ones that had chemicals in it just because that, that will leach throughout the ABS plastic and you're going to be upset. So water storage wise, I mean, set up a gutter. You can let it run directly into those totes all year round and you'll have 250 to 375 gallons, depending on the size of the tote that you get. You can then purify that afterwards, or you can purify it beforehand. I would recommend purifying beforehand because if it's sitting throughout the season, you obviously get the algae problem and any other bacteria and flies and bugs and bees and whatever else decides to get in. Uh, but to do it beforehand, green 3M Scotch scrubber pads in your gutter system. Yes, it's a bitch to clean out, but it will filter all the water. And you can also put a rock system in right before the entrance to the tank. Some little pebbles, everything else. It'll filter out a majority of those particulates, and then you just get a water testing kit. They're cheap. Actually, you can get them for free for most of the USDA offices. And just test that water, and there you go. You're storing water, and it's free. Really, really simple. You spent maybe $100 to get that done, and you got your own water system. And then depending on how rainy your seasons are, you can use that to water your garden. You can use it to water your animals. It's Sky's the limit as long as you just don't listen to what the FDA and the USDA have to say because they're garbage. They're they're just as garbage as like the ATF and a majority of the other little arms of the government that decide they want to fuck with everybody's daily life. Like I can I can ignore a majority of like the legislative and the executive and all that like that. Meh. Okay, whatever. Go do your clown world bullshit and. We'll just pick up the pieces afterwards, but it's when you get that trickle down effect to all these different tiny little arms of the government that say, oh, you can't do that. Fuck you. Just, oh, it, it actually grinds my gears. It, it just really makes me fucking angry because they're human beings too. And they're saying, oh, well, you can't slaughter your chicken and eat it that way. And you can't sell it to your neighbor. Fucking why? get the fuck off my property. Like it's, it's so wild and just more and more every day I become more extremist. So it's fine. Don't worry about it, but it's a goddamn joke. And there's a, there's a really good Thomas Jefferson quote. If people let government decide what food they eat and what medicines they take, their bodies will soon be in as sorry a state as are the souls of those who live under tyranny. That's where we're at. That's where a lot, a lot of people like to deny it or not think about anything else. There's so many different fucking versions of tyranny going on in this system we live in. And I mean, April 5th right now, if you haven't been paying attention since the end of February, the wheels are coming off and they're coming off really quick. And obviously, like all things in the last couple of years, they are trying to attack it from every angle, all of them. And now we're to the point where it's the digital ID angle. And the digital currency angle, central bank digital currencies, to where they want the dollar to go away because it has completely failed and the petrodollar is gone. They want to control completely the money that you earn. It'll have a time limit on it. You won't be able to spend it on certain things. You won't be able to spend a certain amount. They can turn it off. You can't save it. You can't buy any assets with it. 
zero upward mobility. Think about that. Absolutely none. This is the system that we live in right now. And there's a really good quote that just started making the rounds the other day as well. If your blood isn't boiling at this point, it's clotting. There's no more middle ground. They eroded that very quickly, actually. And for the people who bought into that idea and that system and that program, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Because people like me and the tin hatters and the conspiracy theorists and everything else, we've been trying to fucking tell you for years and it just keeps coming true. Maybe just take what we say with a grain of salt instead of outright denying it. Even if you took a couple grains of the salt from us, you would be in a better position than you are now. Because it gets to the point where people are going to come knocking, asking for help. And we're going to know that you're the ones that fucking put us here. That's really hard to overcome. That is really hard to overcome as human beings trying to heal wounds together. And collectively make a better future for our children together. When a majority of people know that you, you didn't rock the boat. You just let the ship sink. Be well, everybody. Start preparing. Stack up food right now if you haven't. It's, it's going to be a really, really bleak summer. Uh, my Patriot Supply has really good prices still because stuff is still in stock as far as they don't have to, you know, buy and make new on the prices we currently have right now. So head over there. It's, I'm not affiliated or anything. I just, I use them every now and then when I can really good prices on three months, six months and one year, um, survival foods, uh, full meals, everything else. They're awesome. Um, yeah, I would recommend that. Uh, and then also go to your local restaurant supply store, start stocking up on everything you possibly can. I mean, even if it's 20, 30 bucks a week, that's better than nothing. Don't run out of staples. Make friends with your fucking neighbors. Go do it. Right after you're done listening to this. Walk over, drive over, whatever it may look like. Break bread, trade some goods with them, get to know them. What's their exit plans? What's their bug in, bug out strategies? Do they have weapons? Do they have food storage? What do they need to trade with? Do they have any medical ailments? What would they need in a grid down or shit hit the fan scenario? Get that stuff done. And with that, we'll see you next time.